Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of The Liminal Lands, Snakes. Before today's episode begins, I want to shout out the patrons who make this show possible. Clay, Johan, Jared, Aya, Chelsea, Iyer, and my new patrons, Jason and Kelly, who are 20% Incubus and Succubus, respectively. My patrons and co-producers, Tim, PJ, David, and Randy. If you would also like to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash liminallands. I can't believe I'm about to say this, hypothetical future listeners. I'm probably about to jinx myself to hell and back. Oh well. Knock on wood. But it looks like this is all blowing over. And I mean that both figuratively and literally. The storm is literally blowing over right now. The wind is just carrying it away. I've been doing thunder math again, like I was talking about earlier. And the main part of the storm, the epicenter, if you can say something like a thunderstorm has an epicenter, is definitely moving away from me kind of fast. And going with it is the Pangaleers. The threat they pose to me may figuratively be blowing over. There's less and less of them all the time out there. And I find it hard to believe that this might just go away without any further threat, though. I just knew, and I mean knew, knowing how my luck is, how things seem to go crazy in this place. I knew they'd find a hole to come in here, or... Suddenly I'd find out they have the ability to climb and threaten to come in through the loft or crap, I don't know, suddenly start burrowing under the walls or you get the idea. I've actually been sitting here trying to come up with ideas if something like that were to happen. Not much luck there. The only loosely formed idea I had involved fire, so you know it wasn't a very good one. So you see what I mean when I say I'm worried about jinxing it. I honestly can't think of anything to do if this suddenly goes ass over tea kettle. Speaking of thinking, it is very hard to do when watching these pangaleers. The way they move, over, under, around, it's almost like this huge choreographed dance that you get lost in, looking at, trying to decipher the pattern, see the overall big picture. I, I don't know how long I sat up there just staring at them. Well, long enough the storm has mainly passed me over. You know, I honestly think I'd still be looking at them if they hadn't started thinning out. There started being less of them, and suddenly I just snapped out of it. Came to. However you want to say that. It's almost like I'd been hypnotized. Holy crap, did they hypnotize me? I mean, I don't really believe in hypnosis, at least not in the real world. I don't believe somebody with big bushy eyebrows is going to put you under and make you quack like a duck. But here? In a place that until now I never even imagined could exist? I don't know, here it seems plausible. Hell if not downright expected in a world this crazy. It almost makes a certain amount of sense. Like, if their sound can work its way into your brain, try and get you to run, to, to flush you out of hiding... What's to say they don't attack another sense, your sight? Just sort of 
freeze you in place if you look at them too long, hold you still until it's too late to do anything. Let's say you're fast, like really fast. Hell, fast enough to outrun the rain. Let's say you're some kind of creature that's that fast. You might be pretty confident in your ability to escape. You're already planning on running, so that sound doesn't really affect you. Like, they want you to run? Yeah, of course, you're obviously going to run. So the sounds don't really change anything for you. But you decide that you want to get a look at whatever is making the noise. Get an idea of what you're dealing with. But when you see them, they start to dazzle you. By the time you come to your senses, it's too late. They're on you, and now all the speed in the world won't save you. It does. It does make a sickening sort of sense. There's a myth in the real world that could be an analog. Snakes. There are lots of myths slash beliefs slash old wives tales that say that snakes can hypnotize people and animals. That the way they move can lock you into place, temporarily rid you of your senses. Growing up, I just thought it was an invention of cartoons. Like that Robin Hood cartoon with the foxes and the Jungle Book. But no, it's a real thing that some people believed. But going off on a tangent. Whatever hypnotic abilities these things either do or don't have, it doesn't work when there's a lot less of them. I think I'm going to climb down out of the loft now. anything anymore. The rain has almost completely stopped. I'm not exactly planning on rushing out there though. Even one of those things hanging back, not moving with the rest of the group, could really screw up a perfectly wonderful day. I'm gonna wait right here until I can't hardly stand it before I take a chance and open the door. Patience is a virtue, isn't that what they say? I've also been watching my companion, hoping that I could get a clue from it. Maybe it has some sort of animal instincts or monster instincts or whatever. I thought maybe it would move or get restless when it was okay to leave, but either that isn't the case or it isn't okay to go out yet. So far, Rich Winslow hasn't twitched a muscle. Well, that I can tell anyways. Look, what I mean is that I haven't seen the shadow in the corner move a bit. The main problem is that I can't see outside when I'm down here. I can look out the loft and wait until it's clear, but is there any guarantee a straggler won't wander by in the time it takes me to climb down here and get to the door? No, there's no guarantee at all. Of course, there's no guarantee of anything in this place, but still. Well, I've been getting antsy. I've climbed up and down this ladder to look out the loft about a thousand times now. I just can't stand to stay up here too long. I want to. I have to keep checking, keep reassuring myself that those things really are gone, but I just can't stay that high very long. Heights still bother me. I fell off a roof and now I don't like heights. Sue me. But I'm not the only one antsy. 
My pal Richie is finally starting moving around. Not much, but considering it's been statue still this entire time, it might as well be dancing a jig. Um, well, I'm taking that as a sign. I've not seen one of those things in hours. The rain has been stopped for hours, and if I wait anymore, I'll just keep waiting forever. Just sit here waiting on nothing until I starve to death. Just because I can't get my courage up to just open a door. I know I'm a chicken shit, but even for me, this is ridiculous. Ugh. I'm gonna blame it on those things attacking me mentally. I mean, if they even actually do that. But, until someone tells me otherwise, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Here goes nothing. Rude! Damn it! You could have waited until I opened the door all the way at least. My pal Richie hit the door hard enough when it jerked open it just about jerked me on my ass. Well, no pangolins have rushed at me and Richie has done hauled ass completely out of sight. God, this ground is an absolute muddy mess. Sucking at my boots like crazy. If I was wearing tennis shoes instead of my hunting boots, I can guarantee it would have sucked it right off. <laughs> uh, I said sucked it right off. <laughs> oh, uh, full disclosure, my hypothetical future listeners, I'm a little bit stoned again. I had to take a couple more pain pills. Tromping up and down that ladder took its toll on my leg. What's that? Hmm. I'll be damned. I think it's that... Those plates all along its back. From the one that I shot. I thought they ate every bit of him. But I guess they didn't eat this. I wonder. Huh. They're kind of stuck together. Really reminds me of chainmail, sorta. Like, these aren't exactly linked together like that, though. There's kind of like a flexible underside attaching them all together. But the plates can just sort of still slide over and around each other. Flexible. Like chainmail. I actually used to make chainmail bracelets and stuff to sell. Totally calming linking them all together. My buddy who got me into it called it manly knitting. I think I'm going to keep this. There could be all sorts of uses for this. What's that? Is that? It is. That's its head. I guess they didn't eat the head either. Which, I mean, I guess makes sense. I mean, is there any way a beak could crush another beak exactly the same? I don't think so. That would be like chewing teeth. Ugh. Just thinking about that makes my teeth hurt. Maybe I can use the beak too. They looked sharp as hell when they were eating that poor bastard. Maybe I could make some kind of skinning knife. Let's see. Ah. <laughs> 
temporary solution, but I've got the bleeding of my pinky stopped for a bit. Well, I don't know if I can actually say pinky anymore. Let me put it to you this way. I'll never be able to count to ten using my fingers again. Maybe nine and a half, nine and a quarter. I'll never be able to use my left hand for a high five anymore. I can no longer get a five-finger discount. I can never use my left hand to pinky swear again. I may have taken some more painkillers. Can you blame me? I mean, this paracord is doing a decent job of stemming the flow of blood, but... I have to keep tightening it. The tension keeps letting off, and I have to do this all over again. Oh my god, you cannot believe how much that hurts. Temporary. This is still only a temporary solution. If I keep this up, keep this tightened down, I'm gonna lose the whole finger. Stupid! So friggin' stupid! I'd say who in his right mind expects a decapitated head to still be able to bite, but shit. It happens in the friggin' real world, and I know that! A snake head can still bite for hours after being removed from the body. That's a real thing in the real world. Not to mention, I'm in a place where not even the normal rules apply, and I just stuck my hand in the damn thing's mouth. I deserved to have my pinky bitten half for being so damn stupid. Not stupid. Complacent. I don't know how the hell I could get complacent in a world where everything wants to kill you. But I did. I guess it really just goes to show a person can get used to just about anything, and I guess I did. You know, I'm actually lucky in one way. This is a damn valuable lesson. One stupid mistake in this place, one small misstep can be devastating. It can be life-ending. Right now, I'm just lucky my complacency only cost me a finger and not my damn life. But that's all just academic right now. You know what isn't academic? It's blood flow. I've staunched it, but I have to do something before what's left dies and my finger just rots on my hand. I think I know what I have to do. I'm actually entirely positive I do. I just find it even hard to think about. Dear hypothetical future listeners, do you know what I have to do? A sailor went to see, 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 to see what he could see, see, see. Ow, why did you do that? Do what, baby? What happened? I don't know. 
Did you hurt me with your rings? No, honey. I took them off before we started playing, remember? Yeah, I guess. But something happened and my pinky hurts really bad. Thank you for listening. If you'd enjoyed this show, if you've enjoyed the Liminal Lands at all, please consider going to wherever it is you listen to your podcast and leaving a like or a view, a star rating, whatever it allows you to do. Anything like that really does help with visibility, helps more people see the show, and helps me grow it. This week, I'm listening to a show called Into the Depths. If you like the Liminal Lands, this show has a pretty similar vibe, and I think you should check it out. I'll have a link in the description as usual. So, until next time, beware of doorways.